welcome to Hanagramophone. I'm Katie. I'm Aaron. And we are podcasting about NBC's TV show Hannibal. And tonight we're going to be talking about the third episode of the third season, Secondo. So, Aaron, give me a quick overview on your feelings about this episode. My feelings of Secondo? <laughs> what? I think Secondo is very well priced. Okay. That's a great look. Let me just stop you right that there. Zikando. Let me just stop you right there because. Would you like to refinance Zikando? <sighs> Let's, we're gonna, okay. Uh... Let's reroute before I create a very ugly murder tableau right here <laughs> because um, we need to talk about the meaning of the title of this episode. And I am just so Zikando. excited because um, we can talk about the musical meaning of this term as well as the food meaning. Um, I actually was only familiar with the term secondo as a musical term, being a pianist myself. But apparently secondo can also refer to, I believe, the main course in a meal, which I had no idea about. But which, you know, makes sense because we're kind of getting into the meat of this season um, as we're in the third episode. So I guess we're right in the middle of this first half season arc that we've got going on here. Because it's um, episodes one through seven that are going to be the Hannibal in Europe stuff, right? Hmm. It's episodes one through seven that are going to be the Hannibal in Europe stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Okay. That is a true fact. Thank, thank you for paying attention. That I know, because I am paying attention. <laughs> all right, anyway. I know all of that. I would have eaten you by now if I was Hannibal, just so we're clear. Now, anyway. Um... <laughs> I wouldn't be very good for you. You would probably taste terrible well, as well. Feed me some snails first. Ew, anyway, okay. Just get me some snails. I'm not getting you any snails. Anyway, okay, Thanks okay. A lot. Let's talk about um, what secondo means um, from a musical point of view. In duets, there are typically two parts, either the primo and the secondo, and I was just um, excited about this musical interpretation because so much of what we see in this episode features pairs of people. We see the dynamic between Chio and Will. We see the dynamic of Bedelia and Hannibal. We even see the dynamic of Patsy and Jack. And so it is, like, um, all sort of duet-centric, where it's about the, um, the interplay between pairs of people and, of course, the uh, central pairing of Will and Hannibal. And I also really like the fact um, the secondo is kind of the, the secondary part, obviously. Um, it tends to have the melody a little less often. And so I like the fact that, you know, Chio and Will and Bedelia are all kind of playing second fiddle to Hannibal, like, into his um, manipulations, if you will. So, I don't know, I thought the musical interpretation of that title was very valid. What do you think, mm. Aaron? <laughs> now that you're paying attention, now that you're with the rest of the class. Oh, no, well, I didn't pay attention to any of that either. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> I think that whatever you said was probably right. Well, thank you. Nice. Sorry, I'm looking at the condo. Bellissima. Now! <laughs> so let's, um, oh. I was thinking we'd probably talk about the episode tonight in sections. Like we're gonna talk, talk about... about it. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> yes, so we're gonna talk about it on our podcast. Amazing. But, um, <sighs> I didn't think we were let's, talk, let's talk about the beginning scene, and then we'll go by, um, we'll do the Will part of the episode, and then the Hannibal part of the episode. We'll split things up a little bit here. Mm. Um, so what do you think of that first scene where we had Pouty Hannibal, where he's all like, Oh, I ran into my ex-boyfriend today. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I love that too. It's like, it was kind of nice, but also. But among like, other things, I was like, well, up, well, well, well. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, all the baggage. So much just baggage. just getting brought up. Like, literally, oh my god. <laughs> Amazing, though. Oh. It was a great scene. Because, um, like, what does Bedelia say? She kind of, you know, prods him a little bit and is mm. like, what, is that? what was it prodding. like? What was it like? And ugh. But then, th that's where they first float this idea of uh, love is something that happens to you rather than, something, than a choice you make, and that forgiveness is something that happens to you. Mm. And, wasn't, and they also talked about betrayal as being a sort of, like, beyond your control thing as well. Yeah. Which... Yeah. Is a fascinating idea, and then we also have yeah, Hannibal. but also, uh, but also, I mean, eh, it's unsure, it's uncertain how much Hannibal agrees with that, and it's also I think he agrees on the love count at least. Because... I think he do I think he does kind of agree with that, but then also, I think, I think that that's mainly a reflection of Bedelia's character, in that she views everything 
in a way that that takes away her own agency in the situation, so she doesn't have any responsibility. She does and kind think, of behave passively quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, whereas I feel like, uh, whereas I feel like Hannibal does take more responsibility for what he does because it's not like uh, it's not like he's saying that he doesn't like because he's all about control yes. and things happening to him. That's not control. And he talks True. about, and he talks later in the episode about, um, in his childhood, you know, Bedelia asks him what happened, and he says nothing happened. I happened. I happened. So the that's thing true. is, that's the exact opposite of what she's saying. However, I think that he does buy into what she's saying a little bit, because he does seem to regard this whole connection with Will as something outside of his control, because... Uh. I think that Hannibal... I think well, that I, is... Okay, well, go on. I think that Hannibal connects with a lot of people. Like, because we talked before about how he likes Alana and all of that. But most of the time, his emotions are always subject to his own control. But I think there have been a few select cases. The people that he has attached himself to, like Chio, like Will, like his sister Misha, potentially like Bedelia, where it gets a little bit outside of his control, what he feels, and it and he can no longer, you know, suppress those emotions. He's not able to control how he feels about Will. He can control his actions, but man, he gets um, a little testy sometimes. <laughs> like in the Red Dinner, that was a massive emotional lashing out. <laughs> Very testy. A little testy Just there. Just a little testy. Slashed everybody to death. Like, but oh you know. Just a little testy. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's calm down. <laughs> but, ugh, yeah, yeah. But I think mainly, like, um, Hannibal viewing, um, like, love as something that happens to him and his relationship with Will as something that happens to him, I think that's more of something that's kind of a respect for Will because he, he, uh, like, to, to a certain extent, I think he views Will on the same level as him. A I little. Agree with that. A little. And like that's I don't know. not. I say all the way. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it's all the time because I also think because I think a lot of uh, season two was Will acting as Hannibal's protege, at least in Hannibal's eyes. Well, yeah, because he was, he was of... trying to bring Will into a full awareness yeah, of himself. Exactly, and that require and that requires some power over him. He was also his therapist. That inqui- uh, that requires power over him so the thing is it's something so i don't think he views will as an equal at all times but i do think think, he does now somewhat he's come out of his murder cocoon and he is now a beautiful but he's also well he's talking (laughs) about eating him still so the thing is i don't think delia brought that up i know but i don't (laughs) think he's entirely thinking that will is his equal well, but I think he would eat Will even if he thought that they were equals. Because remember when he said it's not cannibalism if we're not equals. But I think he would be perfectly willing to engage in some cannibalism. However, it is I'm still adhering to my prediction that Hannibal is going to find that he can't do it at the end. Like that he's probably going to find himself in a situation where he can either choose yeah. to eat Will or not. And then he's not going to be able to well, do it. Well, I think what's happening is that both of them are coming to realize that they're on each other's level at this point. Get on my level. Well, yeah, because the thing is, Will is... With what he does to Chio. Oh, gosh, Will. He doesn't... And, like... And it's <laughs> unclear how much of it was entirely intentional. Oh my gosh, Will, come back to me. You can, uh, but, you know, it's easy to see that a lot of it was. Yeah, I was like, you jerk! And, <laughs> well, yeah. But the thing nice is, and job. I, yeah, but the thing is, I, I like that Will is uncomfortable with having control. Like, I think the reason, oh, the reason why he lets, oh, he lets the, the bearded man <laughs> out of his prison cell and releases him in the woods... And, you know, doesn't just give him the chance to, you know, strike out against Chio right there. Is because he doesn't want to feel responsible for what happens in that situation. He wants to remove himself as far as possible because he doesn't want to feel in control of something like that. Whereas with someone like Hannibal, Hannibal wants to be in control of all of it. That's true. But Will's not comfortable with that until the end of the episode oh, when he gosh. makes that when he makes that murder to blow because I think it's like with, Firefly Man. Because with murder to blows in the show, it's all about 
control and talking about how this is my design exactly it was i who orchestrated this yeah this is my hannibal and his great big god complex and here we go with will hannibal so the thing is at the end of the episode will admits it was me who orchestrated this and he brings himself to the same level as hannibal oh gosh which you know let's um I'll tell you what, we'll save the discussion of what exactly the meaning and the significance of the murder tableau is for when we actually get to that part, otherwise we'll spin forever. <laughs> uh-huh. But, but So let's, let's move along here. After that initial conversation with uh, Bedelia, we go into a very interesting transitional phase of Will walking around in the memory palace and having a mental conversation with Hannibal. Now, my take on this scene is that he's consulting with his mental... Um, view of Hannibal, like, his knowledge of Hannibal, and so he's mm. talking to Hannibal in his mind. I mean, obviously, they're not mentally communing. The show isn't quite that weird. But, um, but he's not really, I think that he's communing with Hannibal in that he and Hannibal are so similar that they are, at times, sharing a mental space, almost. Yes. And so, that that's what I would say. But, I, gosh, that was a fascinating yeah. con- conversation it's not there. like It's not like they're actually astrally projected <laughs> what that's what i was getting no, but kidding. they're oh, but i think that they are kind of communicating in a way well yes because hannibal automatically knows exactly what, what will is what his next move will be exactly what he's gonna do yeah. and will knows i'm gonna go you know strike him where he where he lives i'm gonna go straight for the front door of mm. his memory palace, or well, not the front door, because actually he was talking about the fact that the the Norman Chapel the was the door. was the front door. Well, that was the, the the foyer of his memory palace. <laughs> I'm sorry, do you have a problem? Yeah, it's just like, oh, what a great <laughs> what a great foyer. foyer. <laughs> this is my mem- <laughs> this is my memory Zacondo. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, it's very reasonable. That's what I would have. I decent <laughs> sized for the young urban professional. I would have a stupid yuppie memory palace. It would just be an apartment. <laughs> no, it would be just like American Psycho. It would no. be the best because you would just They're be screaming I mean, in some ta- of these rooms. No, because, you know, you would just be talking about all of your stuff, and it's like this is my memory. Huey Lewis in the news playing over here. <laughs> There's music in the hallways. Exactly. Oh, no, <laughs> that's the power of. It's <laughs> like love happened to me, man. Oh, anyway, man. oh my gosh, this I would have there. the worst memory palace. Okay, uh, so let's go back to Hannibal's. Because that conversation that they had, where they were sitting in an approximation of their therapist and patient positions, and uh, but they were out in the woods, and um, and Will was talking about his intention of going in, and mm-hmm. Hannibal said, you know, you went straight for the, the inner door of my memory palace, and here you are, you know, fumbling at the latch. And I was just like, oh, Will's looking for a doorway in. Yeah, I'm... and I think what's interesting, too, is that in in Will's idea of Hannibal that he constructs in his mind, Hannibal is in the position of his psychiatrist again. Oh, but the, but think, he was but he was talking to Hannibal about his personal stuff. That's so it's true, a little bit of an equalization. Is, it is in a sense, but I think that he's not on the couch. They're both in their chair. Yeah, but the thing is, there's the pretense <laughs> of it but, but being that's what's most of him familiar. being. I know, but the pretense is still there, and he's still uncomfortable with removing himself from a situation where Hannibal is above him in a sense. Eh. I think, well, I, I think know. that's what it they is, because the thing is, I don't friendship. think he's, I don't think he's comfortable, well, he, he's becoming more comfortable with being on the same level as Hannibal, but the thing is, at the moment, he wants Hannibal to be in control of things, because, yeah, well, he's... he doesn't want to accept responsibility, like, that's what the entire thing is, he wants to blame Hannibal for stuff, but the thing is, from Hannibal's point of view, it's like, oh, well, Will ruined this. And Will, you know, ruined all of our chances to be together. But, you know, in Will's point of view, like, he can understand that to a certain extent. And he's coming to terms with it and getting closer to Hannibal's point of view. But I don't think Will is entirely there yet. I think they're both kind of drifting to a convergence mentally here. Because they are, they're that's both, what I'm saying. But and the Hannibal's is... getting vaguer, like he said, I'm vague on the details of who yep. was the betrayer and who was the betrayed. Exactly. But So they're getting, so they are converging. But the thing is, I'm saying that's a gradual process. And for the most part, Will starts out in a situation where he views Hannibal as a bit higher than him. Well, he did keep comparing him to God. Very well, I yeah. will accept your headcanon. No, I'm just kidding. But I will, I will accept your, your, I will accept this. I will accept it. Now, um, so, now you told me that you didn't like 
the all of the facial transitions that happened. But I really I liked the Hannibal to Will transition, and then Will walking through the blood, and then the memory palace, and all. Yeah, that. I thought. Well, I thought parts of the transitions were good. It's just I, I don't like facial transitions for the oh most gosh. part because I think <laughs> what is your problem? Well, I think they're a bit jarring. But I mean, they they work they work thematically, but I don't like them cinematically. Fair enough, I suppose. But other than that, the episode was cinematically brilliant. Other than like, I mean. I mean, it's pretentious to the extreme, but I, that's kind of the point. So. Well, and I like it because I, I accept it. It's so ridiculously out of, out of the box, but I love it because this sort of surrealism, I think this is the only show that I can think of where this level of surrealism is acceptable to me because of the thematic thrust of the episode. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I don't know. Do no, I was just thinking, no, I was just thinking of surreal shows. Well, I'm sure there are plenty out there. I just think it's great. Um, with the horror yeah. element and everything, I think it works really, really yeah, well. Yeah, although I, I'm not sure if I would call it surreal. I guess it is, but the thing is, when I think of surreal, we'll turn I into think, a teacup, Aaron. <laughs> okay, <but> like <laughs> no, like when I think of surreal, I think of like Twin Peaks. Okay, but like and comparing comparing Hannibal to Twin Peaks is weird. Let's that would be a different podcast. Let's not go there. <laughs> Now, um, Can't wait for the crossover. Uh, write the read, fan fiction. Well, everybody read my fan fiction. <laughs> you I keep am, dropping yeah. all your fanfics, but then you don't even tell anyone your fanfic, you know, pen name. Come on, Aaron. <laughs> what is a, it? It's uh, William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Anyway, um, speaking of Shakespeare, we had some rather Shakespearean dialogue tonight. I can't wait to get into it. It's going to be so good. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. I thought we were nearly done. <laughs> <laughs> But um, let's talk about everything that went down at the at, Han- at Hannibal Manor, which um, Castle Hannibal, indeed, yes, or Castle Lecter, or whatever the heck it is, ca- Castle ca- 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 Creepy Lithuanian Place. Exactly. So, I really like the fact that Chio came in literally guns blazing. I was like, well done, excellent entrance. <laughs> yeah. But oh my gosh, I just ugh. I don't know how I feel about eating birds after watching her you know slice up and pluck the feathers i was like Ugh. and then they had that horrible transition to her cutting the feet off and it, then it cuts suddenly and abruptly to hannibal chopping the arm like it was a yeah. great transition but that i was, was like oh, so oh that was one of the better transitions <laughs> and the thing is i liked how they tra- how they tried to transition uh in character motion every single time mm. which is why i think the facial transitions were jarring because the thing is they were very static but, but liked, the rest... Um, they but, only did that twice, right? They did Hannibal they into did, Will, yeah, and they and did Hannibal, Hannibal into Chio. Yeah, and the thing is, but those were uh, those were uh, kind of jarring, and I was like... Uh. Well, whatever. I liked them both. But yeah, uh, okay. I mean, they're fine, I guess. <laughs> now, um, um, so so Chio walk. he waits until she leaves the manor, and then he goes in there and he finds the prisoner. And I have to say that that was one of the few times where I yelled at the TV. And I was like, why is there a man in the basement with all the snails and the bone dolls? I was like, what is going on right now? With all the snails. There are the bone, bone dolls. dolls. There are bone dolls on the prison bars. That sounds Something like is not all right. the snails and bone dolls. That sounds like someone, I don't even know what. That sounds like sounds a like bad. Sounds like a title of your fan fiction. No, that sounds like, no, that sounds like part of someone's impression, like a bad impression of like a Bill Cosby bit. Because like, I was walking this guy's basement. <laughs> there was all the snails. There was, there was the bone puppets. <laughs> I was like, why is there a guy in the basement? <laughs> oh, okay, listeners, you could not the, see my expression of horror at, at Aaron, the but it was box. there. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want Bill Cosby to be like, he needs, like, we need to go back to, like, Killer of the Week. Right, it's going to be Bill Cosby. <laughs> okay, all right, enough of this. Anyway, so, let's talk about the, the, the Such a great snails. idea. It is not a great idea. <laughs> But if you insist, That's write your fanfiction. What you call what are the what are the imago? <laughs> what? Okay. The okay. totem of your own make. Okay. Are you done? Are you quite done? <laughs> He's not done. Okay. But <laughs> while Aaron is recovering, let's talk about the snails. Now the snails oh were, were very heavily associated with Hannibal oh, in the premiere no, but episode. Katie, but Katie, what? he could be he could you know, Bill Cosby should have been the Red Dragon, because no, <laughs> it would have been so great. No, because literally, no, you don't understand. 
it would have been great because <laughs> he would be like retrying to create the Cosby Show. You're so beyond done. Okay. You can go on. Okay. I'm so beyond done. I just. mm, Okay. Well, this is a great idea. Everybody read my upcoming fan fiction. (laughs) My upcoming. Sorry. I mean, I just wanted the podcast to move slower. Like a snail. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks. So. Sizzling like a snail. Should have been our tagline. Really should have. But, um, oh, well, what was the, the, the tag they were using on Twitter when the episode was on was snailed it, and I was like, yeah, but, um, <laughs> but, um, Will wanders through the fireflies and all of that before they, before he actually goes into the manor, and apparently, according to a tweet by Brian Fuller, fireflies, uh, firefly larvae eat snails to fuel their own transformations, and I'm like, oh, snap, <laughs> Will is the firefly in this scenario, and Hannibal is the snail. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, what if? Well. Possibly, anyway. Well, I don't think so. I would think that it's reversed, actually. Because the thing is, in the end, when Will puts uh, puts, uh, the bearded guy up As as a firefly, the snails are feeding on his corpse. That's true. And the so thing is, I would think, and, they're and Will, yeah, and well, not really because get Qui-Gon Jinn in here. Well, I'm because sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> because Hannibal is using the uh, because Hannibal, you know, uses the snails to uh, like like well one to uh, to eat, and he was feeding them to Gideon. Yes. So he was using uh, so he, but he the ate snails. Too. He did. So the thing is, in this situation, Hannibal is more of the firefly because he was eating all. But, well, but Hannibal he, is not transforming, whereas I say Will is transforming, and it's Will just a question. Transforms. Yes, That's but the thing. it's unclear as to what he is. Like, remember when we were talking about? That's you know, true. You're already dead. It's like, but what? Where is he? Like, That's true. Where did he go? Is, he died. Where did he go? Yeah. Where but, is he? But like the metaphor you know? doesn't make any sense because then what are the snails? That makes no sense. Okay, fine. Reject it all. But yeah, I do think. Dumb. But I think that um, it gonna, is possible. You, off the podcast. you know what? I'm already gonna kick you off the podcast for all of your terrible Bill Cosby moments. <laughs> just, yeah, let's just kick both of us off the podcast. <laughs> no. And then we can bring in uh, Bill Cosby. <laughs> Bill Cosby can do the podcast. That'll be great. Well, it'll be me but, as Bill Cosby. Hang on, hang on. Let's talk about this like, really quick, though. James Franco. No. James Franco. No. So here's the thing. What does the Firefly Man mean in the post mortem? Uh, webisode with Mads Mikkelsen after mm. um, episode three came out, he uh, Mads offered up two possibilities of the meaning of that particular murder tableau, and he said um, that either Will was trying to, you know, uh, what, what's the word? He was trying to be like Hannibal, either that, or he was trying to replace Hannibal. He was like moving into his place, into his place, and I'm like, you know. I, I was also wondering, is he trying to send Hannibal a message? But it would be a terrible way to send him a message because that manor is deserted. Who's ever going to find that guy, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't think it's a, it's a message as much as um, Will affirming something to himself. Because I think that he is elevating himself to the same level as Hannibal. Oh, boy. That's a gross elevation. Don't do it, Will. But, oh, anyway. But I do think that all the fireflies around Will and everything, I think that, you know, that that we are in the midst of a transformation for him. And, and this is fascinating to me also because we're moving into a Red Dragon arc mm. and the whole Francis Dollarhide story revolves around him trying to transform himself into the yeah. Red Dragon. That is and true. So, and we've dealt, but we've dealt with um, transformation a lot yeah. since season two. Like well, and that's what Hannibal's been trying to two. catalyze. For, yep. for the entire show, he has been trying to get Will to see clearly. Mm-hmm. And then, and he said in one of his last statements to Will was, now that you know me, see me. And that's what Will is doing right now. That's what he's doing is he is seeing Hannibal. He is pursuing Hannibal. He is going right back to the beginning and he is on Hannibal's trail. Yep. Of course, we still don't know what he's going to do when he finds Hannibal. And I still think that it is up in the air as to who exactly Will is. I think he is kind of, you know completed in his transformation but we but it has not been revealed yeah the cocoon has not fully busted open yet <laughs> so i guess we're gonna find out i guess so <laughs> maybe we never will but but let's and talk also, about um oh i'm sorry what were you gonna say 
Um, I was going to say that, I mean, is it is it a cocoon? I don't think it's a cocoon. It's more like, is it a chrysalis? Is I don't know. What, how do fireflies it? even transform? I don't know. I don't know. I assume they go through metamorphosis. Well, I yeah, because they have a, a larval stage, I guess. Yeah, but, so but, it's metamorphosis. So all right. It's not, there's no... Well, who... Okay. I don't there's know. There's no cocoon. It's probably irrelevant. No. <laughs> there's no cocoon. We should watch... We should watch the famous 80s movie, Cocoon. Our, been there, done that. Hannibal would hate that movie. Now. Are you <laughs> kidding? There's that great scene, though. Aaron, we're not talking about any great scenes from Cocoon. <laughs> but, but what about but what Cocoon 2? What we are going to talk about is Chio. No, Because two, the return I am perplexed now. by something, and it is her age. Now, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. The actress is about 29, I believe. Right. I looked it up on IMDb, and... Hannibal, like, because Mads Mikkelsen is nearly 50, right? Uh, so we can we can say, you know, if if push comes to shove, we can shave a few years off of Hannibal's life and be like, okay, you know, he's in his 40s somewhere. Yeah, but the thing is, like, supposedly, um, Patsy was saying that some of the Il Mostro stuff was happening 20 years ago. Yes. That was the last one. So the thing is, there was stuff before that, too. Ooh. Well, so, but the Il Mostro cases, they end in 20 years before, that's true. But I think that the first Il Mostro case happened, like, in 1968. But, of course, we don't know how much they're Yeah, we don't know. Like, thing. the thing is, that's not really with the yeah, real that world Yeah, that doesn't point. really like, matter. Like, the real world um, timeline doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And so plus, the thing th- is... The backstory gets very murky, because in the... I had to go back and refresh my memory on Wikipedia of how exactly Hannibal Rising goes mm. with Hannibal's backstory. And yeah. in there... Hannibal, as a very young boy, like eight years old or something, uh-huh. is um, his parents are killed in some kind of explosion or something because of World War II. And him and his sister are there at the manor. And yeah. there are some German deserters who come in and are holding them captive and they're starving and they eat Misha. Mm-hmm. And Hannibal is also like, um, something happens to where he ends up like eating some of the broth that was made out of his sister, but I don't think he realized it at the time. And I believe that the plot of the book involves him later killing all of those guys. Yeah. And then it also, like, he moves in with his aunt, Lady Murasaki, and Chio was, um, like, a, uh, an attendant of Lady Murasaki or something like that. So mm. she was much younger. And so instead of doing the Lady Murasaki character, which Brian Fuller originally planned on, they adjusted it to being Chio because of the actress's age. Yeah. And so I'm still unclear about exactly how old were Hannibal and Misha yeah. when Misha died. Yeah, and the thing is, I'm not sure if we're going to get any clarification yeah. on exactly that part of the backstory. Because the thing is... Um, Mads offered some clarification. He which, did? What did he yeah, say? Yeah, because he said that... Um, he didn't, as far as timeline goes, but he said that the man who was imprisoned in the basement of, you know, the Lecter Manor was... Um, the guy that he found molesting and killing his sister. Mm-hmm. And so it sounded like he was certain of the backstory that he found that he found this, his sister was already dead yeah. and he wanted to kill the guy. And so I'm like, well, yeah, how well, old, how old like... was, was Misha and how old was Chio that she was able to prevent him from yeah, doing it? Yeah, but it, it seems like that's, that's the thing, but it also seems she like must they have been might. like a, a little girl. Yeah. But it also seems like they might be moving on from that story wise, because yeah. the thing is like Will was saying, <laughs> that um misha doesn't explain hannibal well that doesn't true. justify him it doesn't quantify him so the thing well, is yeah. it seems like story-wise they're moving away from that because it doesn't really well i need some really answers necessary. darn it because and i don't get like it. i like it being as vague as it is but also i, like I mean it being i wouldn't vague too but i but want i want I to know a couple of things you know? yeah i wouldn't hate it if they gave us more information but i don't think it's necessary i'm just glad that we're not going to see straight up flashbacks Oh, yeah, well, because, that would be terrible. Because I don't want to see but, Kid Hannibal. <laughs> no, that would, be, that would be dumb. Who would you even cast as Kid Hannibal? No one. Literally yeah, no one. It's dumb. Anyway, but the thing is, I, I don't even know. Like, yeah. And, like, the thing is, with that backstory, if they don't leave it vague, it would have to be altered a lot. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, it being in Lithuania helps it out, because the thing is, you can just say, Eastern Europe, evil... Soviet dudes, you know, like, well, no, actually, <laughs> well, no, like, the thing is, it's easy, like, you can, uh, it's easy to use uh, the Nazi excuse in the original Hannibal Rising, right. so the thing is, it's easy to use starving Soviet soldiers, because that's literally one of the tropes of, like, any Eastern European anything, it's like, oh, no, if we get taken to Gulag, if we do not shelter, 
the Soviet soldiers. Okay. It's like, oh, the Soviets. But it's like, okay. oh no. It's like, they take all of our women. It's like, oh no, Soviets. And <laughs> it's like, oh no, he's bomb. Very well. <laughs> if, we do not, if we try to resist, we get taken to Politburo. <laughs> Alright. I only have one potato to feed all village. Okay. Anyway, so, uh... Even though I live in Castle. <laughs> anyway. Via my Japanese. Anyway. I have no answer for That's you. so good. Like, and that that's another thing. Why is Lady Murasaki living in Japan? And also, why does she not exist in the show? Who is Chia? What is going on? Anyway. I'm sure that we'll get some more clarification. Although I was, um... Surprised to find that, um, I believe it's Tao Akamoto who plays Chio, mm. that she's only in, credited with two episodes on IMDb. So I'm like, she might be out of the picture pretty rapidly, and so I'm like, what? That's a little disappointing. <laughs> I know, because I, I was really interested to know more about her, although I'm still weirded out by the fact that her and Will are apparently going to have some kind of love connection. I'm like, ew! Well, Katie, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's going to be a love connection, because, really? I mean, let's look at Will, like, the past people that Will has kissed, and how that's developed. See, like, one time it was with Alana, and then Alana was like, nope, I'm out of here. She's and then like, the second time, he got sperm chat. <laughs> He's literally like a men's rights activist at this point because he got friend zoned and then sperm jacked. Will would never be a men's rights activist. Are you kidding? He's literally he like he turned gay, Katie. He did not. He's totally gay. Well, according to Brian Fuller, he didn't, but we're gonna talk about that. According no, I don't know. According to Chio. It's a Japanese word for it. Gay. Okay, we're having too much fun. Anyway, let's talk about Chio for a minute she here. She would be so proud of you. Ah. His boyfriend. <laughs> Chio's on to them. Well, apparently not, though, because she's kissing Will in a preview. Anyway, okay. Uh, so let, let's walk away well, from that strange you know, shit. I am not about you know, chill is not as, my shit. As a subscriber to the Red Pill, just like <laughs> Will. Everybody knows that women are all about trying to seduce the gay man. Okay, just so that we're clear, Aaron is not really a subscriber to the Red Pill. What do you know? I know that you're not a subscriber to the Red Pill, because if you were, I would be able to smell that mess a mile away, and I would have cut you off. I'm I'm always negging you pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job. Okay. Now, but actually, it's really interesting to consider what Hannibal's designs were with Chio, because she must have been very young. When he saddled her with the responsibility of keeping this guy locked up or killing him. Mm. And then what's really interesting to me is the fact that his entire purpose, his desire to get her to kill somebody, which seems to be his desire with everyone that he gives, you know, any kind of care about. Like, if he cares about anybody, he's always just like, time to get him to kill some people. Mm. But, um, that his design to have her murder that man was accomplished by will. Yeah. And I'm just like... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Will. Will, Will, Will. Go home to your dogs, Will. Yeah, <laughs> Will, Will, Will. What have we here? I'm just saying. Oh. So, um, I, I, to, this week on Will Watch, where is his head at? Nobody knows. <laughs> Will Watch. And what, what's the other part of the show? The Bay other part watch? would be Hanagram Watch. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought the other part of the show was Baywatch. No, we, we don't so care about hot. that. No. So anyway, so Will and Chio form a great posse, and they're on the prowl now. (laughs) I guess they are. Man. It's like Entourage. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, let's- Season whatever. I'm not sure when Entourage went off the air. I don't know, but let's move on here to the Hannibal portion of the episode. Let's talk about the Hannibal portion. portion. Because Mm. how about- How about that dinner party? Well- (laughs) How about it? (laughs) I mean, yeah, how about it? lobotomies all around am i right well um, double dinner party because there was the one and then there was the second that's true because they did have two um because they were like we're gonna (laughs) they were serving up tony the threesome guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) but then they were also then they they also served up the other guy i know and i was just like i was just like sir he got served quite literally it's true (laughs) It's like, you need an ice pick for that burn. Oh! And then, 
Man. Oh. Now that, I have to say, the brain stuff really bothers me. Like, I could not watch the scene <laughs> in, in the movie Hannibal. I cannot watch that scene. It's such a funny scene. With Ray scene, Liotta. Though. It is horrifying. Like, but the, it's Ray Liotta. I could not watch it. I was so upset. And that scene in the novel is horrifying. Well, like, and I'm just it's, like, so, it's no. so over the top that you can't take it. It is pretty. Though. I think Hannibal dispatches him with a freaking crossbow at the end. Yeah, and I was like, just like, what? <laughs> are you, like, it's so over the top that you cannot take it seriously. There's but, no oh, way. at least they, I was glad that they injected the humor <laughs> along with the ice pick. But yeah, <laughs> because the thing is, that's what made, that's what made it, not like, that's what made it work in this. Whereas, like, in the movie Hannibal, with that brain scene, it was so over the top, so and like it was, though. it was funny, but almost unintentionally, and it was like half intentional. Like the scene's just confusing overall. I know, it's, and it's not even is, like the scene itself is that scary. It's more just the concept of it is so disturbing to me that I can't deal with it. Now they softened that blow here by making it funny. To where that I could be distracted from it a little bit and I could deal with it. It made it yeah, more palatable. And also, <laughs> and also, it wasn't Ray Liotta. Anyway. Exactly. I was like, man, I wanted that Italian dude to die. I was like, man, thank goodness. But I just love the fact that Hannibal, out of nowhere, I was like, oh. And then he yeah. was like, I may have been impulsive. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Oh, and I love that Bedelia is just a thousand percent done. And she's like, oh my gosh. You know? But yeah, definitely impulsive. Nice job, Hannibal. It's I like, know. No, and then she like, pulls out the ice pick and impulse murder well and then he was just like um you know technically you killed him which i thought was hilarious yeah but also horrifying because because he did make yeah. her guilty of mm-hmm. the murder yeah but then bedelia and, like uh, but bedelia just looked at the <laughs> looked at him and he and she was just like what you know she, she was, was like, like what nice try this? loser but i liked that you know bedelia actually had that attitude a lot in this episode nice mm. try loser <laughs> you yeah. know she was like oh she was not having any of his mess and then she had um, in the bath time with Bedelia segment of our episode. <laughs> she had after uh, that sinister shampooing. She had the moment of mic drop. How did your sister taste? <laughs> I think that you know it would have been great if we had watched that whole scene. And then yeah. she, after a long time, she eventually comes back up. Exactly, and Hannibal's still, still there. there. Like, <laughs> nice job. He's like, and you said, yeah. What I want to know is what, what did Hannibal even do after that? Like, did he, he was, just, did he walk away? Did he stand He there? probably made the same face he made when Tony the Threesome guy asked, is it that kind of party? He was yeah, probably just like, like... But who did he look to? Did he look to the camera? Probably. Is Hannibal, is Hannibal like Jim from The Office? Yes. Actually, I saw a bunch of jokes about that on Tumblr. And it made me laugh because there was somebody, I can't remember who, um, who posted something about the fact, like, they were like, Hannibal, stop, you know, stop looking at the camera. This isn't funny. You are killing people. And I was like, what? But, um, oh. Oh, man. But, yeah, I love the fact that Bedelia was just calling him out again and again in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so it really seemed to rebalance the power between them because she had zero power in the first episode. Mm. But it, but here, she's, you know, given as good as she gets. Yep. And she's calling him out on stuff and she is remaining, you know, unruffled in the face of murders. Mm. And I'm just mm. like, okay. <laughs> but what is her plan, though? Because she says very explicitly, I have a plan for how I'm going to deal with this. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> so I, she's probably going to be like, oh no, Hannibal made me do all this mess. And she made sure her fingerprints weren't on that ice pick. So she's going to leave no incriminating evidence and no one will be able to pin anything on her. Yep. So really she can, I think, walk away from this situation. Mm. Because even if Hannibal said, nope, she was my willing accomplice, who's going to believe the serial killer? <laughs> like, you know. Mm. I don't know. Well, I mean, everyone has for... About That's true, but the but see, years, you know? well, yeah, but they're not gonna believe him anymore. <laughs> well, I just can't wait. Like, I'm I'm just mad that he hasn't grown out his rat tail yet. Oh, gross! Like in Red Dragon, no, I mean, he had that rat tail. <sighs> so disappointed that there's no rat tail. No, Mads' hair is beautiful, and he needs to leave it like it is. No, but it would be great if he had a rat tail. Though. That, no, do not speak this way of his hair. Anyway, let, let's talk for a second about um what he actually says about Misha in these scenes, um. Because I am extremely confused <laughs> and very intrigued and horrified by what Bedelia says. She basically insists that he ate his sister. And I'm like, what? You know, and, and then he says stuff like, nothing happened, I happened. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think, how is he responsible for this? Because if the story that Mad said is true, then his sister's death wasn't his fault. 
he didn't do that to her. And so I'm Well, whatever inspired that guy to come there. Oh, no. Could be his fault. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But then why would he have eaten his sister? To complete it. Oh, gross! It's the whole it's the whole idea that's been around since the beginning of Hannibal. Oh. That you have to use all of the parts of the deer. Oh, gross. All of it, yeah. otherwise they're not honored. And the thing is, it's also for the closure, which is being brought up with Will at this point. That oh, no, the eating. Oh, him. no. Oh, no. And remember... Hannibal specifically says that he forgave Misha. Yes, but and, and he said that that she led him to betray himself. Isn't that mm-hmm. what he said? What does that mean? Like, how could he have betrayed himself? Betraying himself? I'm not sure, because I'm assuming what he means there is um, being something he's not. And like, what, is, a nice guy? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm assuming that means nice that he's, like, is like uh, what that means is that he was, like, going to stop murdering people so that he could take care of her or something like that. But then but she what, gets killed. Like, what, what, what I would assume is that he wouldn't actually, like, he would be murdering people. Misha would be like, don't murder people, Hannibal. It's kind of dumb. And then, <laughs> and then, um, and then he would stop. But after he stops... It's discovered that he's him, and in good old Lithuanian street justice. What? Some... More like more like woodland justice. They're yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. All right, like the the townspeople, the villagers, you know, they find out. They get their pitchforks like, exactly. and their torches because yeah. we are definitely they... more like Transylvania. Yeah, well, it's Lithu- like anything that ends with Ania, it's just not a good place. So oh my gosh, is... okay. Aaron what? does not mean any of this. No, well, <laughs> no, we're, nobody from Lithuania is listening to this. They're all busy tooth drumming. But the thing is, it's a refle- that's the reference to Lithuania's Got Talent. Anyway, it's a good show. Everyone should check it out. Anyway, so, but yeah, that's what I would assume he would stop. Like, that's like that's what makes the most narrative sense, because it's incredibly tropey in a bunch of ways, and I think that it's, you know, it has a lot of pathos. But, I mean... It could be something entirely different. And I think I, I would prefer we... it if it was something that came out of left field. Because having an explanation like that makes too much sense. And if I'm able to predict it, I don't like it as much. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I just hope that we get a little bit more clarification. Because I want to know. Because the first time that he talked about his sister Misha, he got very emotional about it. Mm. And he talked about, you know, the teacup shattering and not coming back together. And I was like, what is this damage in his past? I want to I want to know about this. And in his talk in, you know, Will's mind about his memory palace and how there are some rooms that are locked mm. and there are some places in his mind and some places in his past where he cannot go. I'm like, how, what is this? You know, how bad is this? I want to trace these fault lines. I want to see where this leads. And I want to know at least some, I, I agree that if you see all of it, it lessens it and it makes it cheaper and it makes it, um, less interesting, less important. Mm. If you leave it shadowed, then it's bigger in your mind. Mm-hmm. So I think that we do need to maintain some of the mystery, but I need I need a few points of light in all the shadows. I need something. So I'm hoping that we'll get a little bit more clarity. Um, now, the whole Misha thing is fascinating to me because another thing that Brian Fuller tweeted was about the fact that Chio was the first in a long line of Misha surrogates for Hannibal. And this made me think of the, of the ending of the novel Hannibal, mm. where... Hannibal is trying to sort of brainwash Clarice into being his ultimate Misha replacement. Yeah. And then, and he gets pretty far because he's using some crazy drug cocktails on her and it is a mess. Gosh, those last chapters are just, um, well, a horror story. So, um, but he also, but then they change it because Clarice sort of, it's ambiguous as to whether she's in her right mind or not. But she says, you know, you don't need a replacement for Misha. You can just have me. And, and so they end up together. And I was like, wow, OTP. Just kidding. But um, <laughs> but the fact that his whole, I don't know, his whole um, goal in life is to find, um, well, one of his goals, he's got those multiple trains of thought, is to find a replacement for Misha mm. is so freaky yeah. and weird. It's, but I like the, the, the comparisons that Bedelia drew where she said that the, what you feel for Will 
is very much like what you felt for your sister, an uncontrolled, you know, like a, a warmth and affection and love. Although hopefully he didn't feel quite about Misha the way he felt about Will, because I don't know how I would feel about that. <laughs> nope. But, nope. um, so, I, I don't know. Like, what do you think about the Misha surrogate thing? <laughs> thing? Yeah, like, is that something that you agree with or that you like that they're pursuing? Because it was pretty weird in the Hannibal novel. Well, yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I mean, uh, I and I do think it's interesting that they're going down that route, considering that it kind of lays the groundwork for a Clarice storyline, which we don't know if they're going to be able to do, to do in any capacity. I know, but I think it's interesting because we've to... seen because we've seen a bunch of that with Hannibal's relationship to Abigail, and that's true. Another surrogate mm -hmm. that he tried unsuccessfully yep, and... to have. Yep, and now and now with Chio, although we don't know entirely what's going on there with their backstory and all that. Although I imagine and that he had a relationship with her very similar to the one he had with Abigail, where he yeah, was I'm trying assuming, to nurture a fledgling killer. <laughs> exactly. I'm assuming it was very similar. And other than that, I mean, we don't know anyone else, but I mean, you can see that this is, um, he has a track record. <laughs> a very terrible one. Nice job, yep. Hannibal. Yep. And now and he does all... nurture and he does nurture Will in a similar way, but it's yeah. it's different. It is it's different. definitely different. Because, so yeah. I don't because he does because he does the same thing where he kind of tries to nurture Bedelia, and I think he does that in a similar way that he does with Will. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, I don't think either of them is a Misha surrogate, even though he does treat them in a kind of similar-ish way. But I don't think either of them are trying to fill any sort of void. Well, I don't know. Because I think that when Hannibal does connect himself to people, because he's had sort of surrogate... He's had situations where he's nurtured people along their path. Like the um, the, the killer in that that wore the animal suit. What, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. Ralph. <laughs> no. I can't remember. Anyway, but he, um, but he had a relationship with him, but he treated <sighs> him... Like he was nothing in the end because yeah. he just used him expendably yeah. in the higher calling of getting Will to where he wanted him to yeah. be. So he doesn't always connect on a personal level That's with the people that he interferes with. And I think that he did connect. Well, I mean, we know he connected on a personal level with Will. And, yeah. and, and his connection with Bedelia seems to be pretty yeah, I know. I'm just well. saying. I'm just saying they're not Misha surrogates. I think because they might have started out that way and then they ascended think, beyond that. I don't, I don't know. Think so because the thing is with with the people that I would think of as Misha surrogates, they have more in common with her. Like Maybe, the thing is they're both his... like his uh, because the thing is it's more like with what he tries to do with those, it makes more sense that they are closely connected to Misha whereas his relationship with Bedelia and his relationship with Will and his relationship with Jack, and his relationship with Alana, those are more, like, pure, actual relationships that aren't all that... Like, they do have a fair amount of, like, weird stuff. But <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> uh, But the thing is, they're, they're closer to just, like, regular relationships. That's true. However, I would argue, and this is, like, there's no way to prove this, but... I would argue that his entire template for connecting with other people is based on his relationship with his sister. Well, maybe, but I don't like that. But, but, I think that, you know, he probably started off his interactions with Will expecting it to be no different than any of his other patients that he has screwed over. Yeah. And, but then he ends up, you know, perceiving exactly who and what yeah. Will is, and he sees that they are both, okay. you know, like, the only members of a higher species in his yeah. mind. And so then things changed. Like, he could have been a Misha surrogate, but he was not. That's I what I would... I understand that, but the thing is, also, I think that Will viewing everyone, like, I mean, Hannibal, Hannibal, Hannibal viewing... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. The lines are blurring. <laughs> ah. I think that Hannibal viewing everyone he becomes close to as a possible Misha surrogate, I think that cheapens the character a bit. Maybe, and but, I think but like I think I said, it's I a viable. I think it's a viable surrogate. way to look at it, but eh, I don't like it very much. I don't because know. Who knows? Is, really, literally, because his relationship uh, to Will, even in the beginning, is very different. Yes, yes, and so that's why I'm saying I think there was potential for it to go a number of ways, and then when he recognizes Will as being potentially an equal, that things go a very yeah, different path. But I think the thing is, he lost but I think, and if we're going to base this off of his relationship to Misha in the books and in the movies, then the thing is, it's more, 
he forms he he connects people to misha because of how much they remind him of her in a way so the thing is it's something and if we're all like eh, because i'm not thing, sure eh because Misha, too, was a very young girl. How I could know. Clarice possibly have reminded him of her, other than the fact that she was a female? <laughs> she's a woman. She's young. She's got, like, she's inexperienced. She's in a position where he has a lot of power over her. He, um, mm-hmm. like, he's nurturing her, in a sense. These are all things that he's creating in that sense. And I think that, I think... That that does... I don't know, it just makes more sense to me that he would form some sort of a physical connection between them. Because the thing is, I think... And I think that's something that goes back to a lot of the themes of the show, which are established in the first episode with Garrett Jacob Hobbs. Yeah. Where he was killing girls that were very, very similar to Abigail. Oh, yeah. And I think that's something that Hannibal is doing with, like, finding people that are similar to Misha. Ooh. I'd say, um, like, idea. yeah, and the Ooh. thing is, when, like, and that's a very common trope in, like, serial killer stories. It's like, look, it's trying to replicate the whole, like, it's like what she has with, like, this thing here because of the tragic event in the past. Ah, uh, and actually, is, in Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill was making a woman's suit, mm-hmm. and the first, and he's, uh, Clary's had the whole realization where she said, what do we covet? What we see every day. Yep. And... So it started with someone that he knew and all yep. that. Yeah. And the thing is, that's the common serial killer trope, and that I also goes back, and then that also goes back to like vampire tropes too, where it's like, oh yeah, it's like <laughs> she oh, looks just like the reincarnation of Dracula's wife. It's one. like, oh my god. And we are in Transylvania. I mean, Lithuania. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's an Hannibal idea. is going to be revealed as a vampire. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you know there are bits of vampire. He is an emotional vampire, yeah, like, pretty think, much. Well, I think that there, there there are a bunch of comparisons to Hannibal, like with with um, like different supernatural creatures. Like the thing is, well, a vampire. <laughs> like, yeah, and I think a vampire is something that he uh, that he is compared to a bit, at least in like his form and his icy demeanor. I think it's one of the things that comes to mind when you view him as a character. I suppose so, and because he's seen as being like so divorced. Yeah, like from there a are so many. Being. Yeah, then the thing is, there are so there are a bunch of supernatural characteristics that are kind of applied to him, and I think that's interesting because there's also the kind of um, the kind of werewolf connection that comes in with serial killers in general, and was brought ah. up in that one episode. Right, and I think what's interesting, you know, and you know how. <sighs> serial killers in you know most forms of media they tend to go through a transformation normally like they'll be completely yes. normal in some situations but then oh, no. they'll go out and they'll murder people in the night and you know that's it's that kind of thing so yeah. the thing is there are lots of connections to supernatural things so i think you know him like being compared to a vampire is something that's um an interesting way to view it and I think and it'll be the subject of your next fan fiction, I'm sure. Well, no, I mean not a fan fiction. That would be more like a critical essay. <laughs> that you will still post on fanfiction.net. <laughs> Excuse me, archive of our own only. <laughs> okay, now let's let's <laughs> move my, on it's, here. It's my 18 plus <laughs> analysis. <laughs> like right in the middle, it becomes a smut. It's like it's like so this scholarly. doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> nonfiction, nonfiction, scholarly. Look it up. (laughs) Exactly. Look it up on Google Scholar. Oh, I can't. Okay. Let's let's move along before I completely lose it. Um (laughs) It's like you can only find it on those websites where they're like professional articles and you have to like pay for a subscription. No, okay, no. No, no. (laughs) You find it there, but it's literally it'll get published in a magazine and they're gonna be like what? No, they're gonna be like smut. Okay, now. Um, exactly. Like, so let's go on to the last scene where Hannibal is playing the piano, and I was like, "Oh, what a nice piece!" And um, oh, the piece nice was piece. the Fantasy Vaults by Eric Satie, and I liked this because, um, well, the piece was great first of all, but secondly, I was I was intrigued by the fact that they chose a fantasy because when a composer writes a fantasy or a fantasia, it gives them license to not adhere as strictly to the rules of form. It, it's kind of free reign to do whatever the heck you want because it's a fantasy, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, and so, um, it reminded me a lot of the sort of tone, the new tonal area that we've gone into in the show of being no longer anchored by procedural stuff and we're just in 
character drama and mental landscapes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really, I really like the fact that he's over there playing a fantasy as Bedelia talks to him yeah, about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool, pretty cool. So, yeah. and then he comes to the realization, I'm going to have to eat Will to forgive him. And I'm like, I'm not sure that's how forgiveness works, Hannibal. <laughs> oh, it's totes how it works. <laughs> totes. Anyway, so that'll, oh, don't eat Will. I mean, of course, that's what's going to happen. Right before Red Dragon. Will of course. Eaten. Will gets eaten. It's <laughs> no. Like, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, speaking of people who might actually get eaten, let's let's talk about Jack and Inspector Pazzi, who... <sighs> <clears throat> but they, they only had a couple of scenes, so we'll cover these pretty quickly here. But, um, so what did you think about the return of Jack? Were you like, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, yeah, hey. Yeah, so, <laughs> so great. I was actually really happy to see him back, and he's got that scar on his neck, exactly. and I was like, whoa, it's like a Jack famous... attack. <laughs> oh, it was like, man, the famous Lawrence Fishburne from Blackish. <laughs> here he is, back again. He's like, no more comedy for me, guys. Are you kidding? He's here I all, am. He's all comedy. My throat was cut, and here I am. <laughs> can't keep me down. But actually, uh, what do you think about I his mean, mission? I mean, no comedy at all. Because he said, when I'm away. <laughs> that was in the blooper reel. <laughs> oh, that was a great outtake, too. But, um. No, well, that said, happened in the show, too. Well, yes, I know, but I loved the blooper reel. <laughs> what? <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne is in the blooper reels. Nah. Especially because he has to be so intense I know, as Jack. But then, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I think they should have left that take in. I they really should have. <laughs> it would have been so good. <laughs> oh, it would have been beautiful. But what do you think about Jack's, Jack's mission, though? Because he's like, I'm here for Will. And, um... <laughs> like, what's going on there? Is he like, you get back here, young man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I think that's interesting, because I still, I, I think we might learn more about that in the next episode. Yeah, because Considering, we're gonna like, some we're of the gonna other see characters. some of the, you know, meanwhile, back at the ranch, what's and, going and on at like the it looked like we were gonna go there. back, it looked like we were gonna go back in time as well, because Alana was talking to Will, and mm. so I'm like, that'll and be I would think, And I would think that Alana wouldn't be in a wheelchair anymore unless she's literally paralyzed. So. Because we saw her walking with a cane, though, in one of the promos, uh, so I'm assuming so the thing she's is, gonna I'm be assuming, up and around. Yeah, so the thing is, I'm assuming it starts earlier. Yeah. And, like, she, and we'll see a bunch of stuff that's happened in the intervening time right. period. Right. Because we've got an eight-month period where anything could happen. Yeah, so And Mason is... Berger's gonna be back. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like, is... Did Jack get fired? Or did he take, you know, he's like, I'm on leave, guys, you know? I don't know, because it's unclear what everyone's position is at this yeah, point. Yeah, and because after the debacle with Hannibal... Gone. Like, because, wait a second, so what was happening with Jack professionally at the end of season two? Because he was about to be... Wasn't he booted off the case? Yeah. Yeah, he was, like, drummed right out. And then... Exactly. And so then, he might still be fired. <laughs> no, I don't think he was... He wasn't fired. Well, he was, he he was, was suspended or something. Yeah, like, he was, didn't like, they take suspended. his badge and his gun? Like, they like, took there was something was going on, but it's unclear how the FBI is going to react to the Red Dinner. And they're like... I hate calling it that. I, but, I'm um, sorry. That's what Brian said. Now, but, um... But it's unclear how the FBI would react to that. And, like, what what did they... What do they even do? <laughs> they're like, you're all fired. Like, it's no like... No, no, it's like, no, you, you were all right, though. And it's like, oh, crap. You're, you're still know? fired. What no do we severance, even do? Like, what is... What is your limbs. What's going on with Will? Like, I don't think Will even has a job. Poor like, Will. He hasn't had a job for, like, all of season two? He was in prison? He's running from his medical bills at this point. I assume <laughs> so, because it's like, oh, how's he gonna pay that off? Oh no! What is going on? <laughs> he can't even afford to feed his dogs. Who's taking care of the dogs? Brian said we're gonna find out next episode. Okay, Thank good. you, Brian. Oh my god, it better be Chilton. It better be Chilton. <laughs> I will die if it is Chilton. Oh, oh my no. god, Chilton's taking care of all the dogs. Anyway, but... <laughs> Chilton needs some love in his life. He really does. <laughs> oh my god. This this is this this is gonna be really good for Chilton. It's gonna be really good for him as a character. But um I think That's my new OTV. Chilton and Will's dog. Oh my god. <laughs> this is so good. No. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Uh, what, but... what, what what should that be called? Is that it's uh it's Chilston. <laughs> him 
minutes. I give up. No, I understood. It's it. I'm just giving up. Chilston. But um, but hang on. Let's go back to the chapel for a minute here. Poor Inspector Potsy shows up and he's like, "Come on and join my team, man." Yeah. And Jack is like, "Hot no." And I'm just like, "Poor Potsy can't catch a break. Nobody wants to work with yeah. him. They're like, you're on your own, loser." Yeah, but it's unclear what both of their positions are because we don't know what Jack is doing. Well, and, he's, and he's all like, like "We're assuming. both disgraced. Let's go save our careers." <clears throat> I'm like, "You're gonna end up so dead, Potsy. Go home." Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that the FBI is like that the FBI might want Jack to track down Will, but so it's, it's gonna, unclear. It's gonna be a Jack track and then yeah, a Jack attack. Exactly. It's Jack's back. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, there's going to be but and Potsy, what Potsy's doing is a little unclear too because yeah. the thing is, what's going on there? Nobody He's knows. a long way from Florence, and also the thing is. Isn't, like, in the book, isn't he employed by, by Mason? Mason I think that is correct. So maybe, oh no, what if he is revealed to be behind this whole thing? Because Patsy, his only interest is in catching Il Mostro so that he can um, restore his reputation uh-huh. and not and be no longer, you know, disgraced. Yeah, so I'm that. assuming he would be the first person that Mason would find. Ooh, and Mason, because... I wonder if Mason is also partially funding some of, you know, Jack depending on whether Jack's there in an, in an official capacity, which it does not sound like he is. Besides, it's know, not it's like really, the FBI would be sending people to Europe and being like, good job, you know, well, good luck, I'm assuming, guys. Well, I don't know, because I'm Have assuming fun. they just want... They, I don't know, so because, federal. <laughs> because... It's unclear what happened, because eight months later, but how long has Will been in Europe? It's impossible to tell! It doesn't seem like it's been very long, but so I'm... What's we're gonna get going more... on? Why are we in all the mental what? landscapes? Was Will talking to Abigail in his head for eight months? Yes, Aaron, just accept it. Now, um, What was going on? So, yeah, but to, you know, what's going on seems to be the general consensus at this point. I mean, like, we understand what's going on, but there are a lot of gray, well, there's a lot of just pitch black areas where we're like, we don't know yet. We're filling in things a little bit at a time, so I guess we'll see. So. I guess we will. Oh, man. Didn't know my hair could do that. So, <laughs> let's, um, let's start to wrap things up here. Doesn't it look great, audience? Doesn't my hair look great? They can't, they can't see. What are you talking about? It's because we shoved an ice pick in their brain. Anyway, no, so. Oh, <laughs> I get it now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, isn't this called the snowball, the mic? <laughs> nice job. Oh, what have we done? Anyway, so. Um, let's let's <laughs> wrap things up here, Aaron. Spin it on. Let's the wrap Titanic's things. going No, on. no. Anyway, all We are right. not serving cocktails right now, so let's wrap things up with some, um, with some predictions. And also, I want to talk just really quick about uh, an interview with Gillian Anderson that came out with uh, TV Line, I believe, just today. So, Aaron, predictions for the next episode and for, you know, everything in general. <laughs> for everything? Yes. Give me a prediction. Next episode, I have no idea. I got, <laughs> it's like it like, is anyone's guess. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how people are healing. I don't know what's up with Chilton's eye. Oh, wait, I no. Mean, your prediction I is that did. Chilton is taking care of the dog. Yeah, yeah. He's okay, taking that's care your of prediction. Well, okay. I don't think that's a real prediction. <laughs> no, that's your prediction. Do that. Why would Will ask Chilton? That would be pretty great, actually, because he's still dissing Alana at this point. So he's like, so like he would just be in a room and he'd be like, I need someone to take care of my dog. I don't know why they're all in the same room. I don't know. But the thing is, Angela and Chilton's just there accidentally giving everyone the stink eye because of his eye. No. And the thing is, and then he's just like, it's like, all right, I'm going to ask my best friend to take care of my dog. And Alana is about to stand up, even though she's in her wheelchair. And, the, <laughs> and then he's like, Chilton, why don't you take care of my dog? This is the worst bro TP. Anyway, so oh my god, so that's your prediction. I'm sorry, that is down as written in stone, and when it is incorrect, I'm going to laugh. No, but if it's totally correct, I'm also going to laugh. This is a leaked script, guys. Okay, this is a leaked script of the episode. Amazing. So that's right before him and Chilton make out. I have to tell you about how my theory has been totally debunked. Remember how I was saying that I didn't think that Bedelia was going to make it out of this half of the season? Yeah. Well, in the interview that Gillian Anderson gave today with TV Line, she said that Will and Bedelia are going to have some interactions coming up, and they are going to have interactions after the time jump that happens in episode eight. Well, that's cool. And I, yeah, I thought that was cool, too. But I was like, no, my theory has been completely debunked by Scully herself. But, um, but, um, 
But I'm really excited, though, because she said something that I found just to be intensely interesting. She said that Will and Bedelia talk uh, um, after that, and she said that it's kind of like a mistress versus wife dynamic, the two of them. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's beautiful. That's so great. (laughs) Yeah, and she said that they both... um, that it's not just like you know X is meeting to trash you know the person they were with, but um that they she was also talking about how they how they're both kind of still enmeshed with Hannibal and they're both um kind of in a weird way protective of Hannibal and I was like what was, I can't wait to see this I was so yeah. excited so I was like but who is the mistress and who is the wife I mean I think that Will was the wife and like Hannibal runs off with his mistress mm. then he comes back to his wife <laughs> Will is definitely the wife. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so I just thought that was hilarious, and I cannot wait. It's going to be so good. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I have a prediction for this week. I still think that Potsy's going to die so hard, and um, yeah. I think that we're going to end up with a possible Verger Posse coming after Hannibal, and then Will <laughs> and Verger Posse. Yes, exactly. I actually, in my notes, it was terrible. I wrote anti-Hannibal Posse, and I also, right under that, I wrote anti-Hannibal Posse. <laughs> I need help. So, um... Uh, you know what I realized? Is that, um, if you... If you reverse uh, the I and the A in Potsy, it's Pizza. Inspector <laughs> so Pizza? His name is Inspector Pizza. Well, he's pizza. gonna end up as Pizza if they yeah. go with Canna. I know, Canna so they go, oh my god, that'll be so oh, great, though. No. It's like Hannibal will make him into Pizza. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> be great. I mean, with Hannibal's like, imagine, terrible sense of humor imagine, this season, uh, he uh, might! I, imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that, that oh, murder no. tableau. It's like there's this giant person-sized oh. pizza box. How is that going to get up and be a pizza stack? <laughs> <laughs> the antlers will run out Oh my everybody. god. And it's going to just be one. It's going to be... have sausage eyes. Oh my and god. And a big cheesy face. Like how, long, like, how long will this take Hannibal to make? Because I'm assuming he's going to have to make, like, human cheese. <laughs> I don't know. Oh He's gonna have gosh. to make human dough too, okay, so that's I can't. gonna be the hardest. All right, part. you know what? This this episode of our podcast is getting more surreal than the episode of Hannibal. So let's just leave it at that. So, um, if you would like, we would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. So you can contact us at hanagramphonepodcast.tumblr.com or you can email us at hanagramphone at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear from you on your thoughts and predictions, or, you know, you just saying, what is wrong with you guys <laughs> and your pizza mm. murder tableaus. So, um, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week, so goodbye for now. Goodbye! Goodbye.